Hello the Enlightened Church. Come on, if you're happy to be in God's presence right now today for wor our worship experience, come on, give God a big hand wherever it is you're joining in from. Uh, listen, I'm so happy if you can hear my word. I have a big smile on my face right now. And it's because today is an awesome Sunday, a special one, and one in which I am so delighted because of God's presence and God's confirmation that His Spirit already is has begun to move in this service today. We have created a community right here on your phones. It's on WhatsApp. Just go to linktr.ee forward slash global right now and hit the join community button right now and you will be a part of community. Community is not far away. It's just one click away from being in a community. You're just one click away from being in the community. If you're happy to be in God's presence, could you just shout for joy? Come on now, I cannot hear you. I want to hear you right now in my spirit. I'm, I want to feel the, the, the excitement building up, building up amongst you right now. Listen, be it online or in person. I just want to tell you this. I love you from the bottom of my heart. And I don't know if you know that, but you are loved, you are significant, and you are amazing. You are chosen by God. In case you forgot this, since I'm here to echo it to your hearing today. Amen now. Amen and amen. amen. Glory to God, church. Hallelujah. Amen. Welcome to church, everybody that is joining us from wherever you are joining us right now from all over the world. I am. I couldn't be more glad to have you in church this Sunday. It's an amazing time to be in God's presence. God is here. Everybody say, God is here. God is here. I am in, I am in the, house the house of the Lord. Of the Lord. Come say me again. Say, God is here. God is here. I am in, I am in the, house the house of the Lord. Of the Lord. Amen. Now, uh, listen, guys, it's a blessing when we number our days. Uh, it's a blessing. I don't know. Just by saying that, just it just came to my mind. If your if your birthday is in the month of April, uh, we'd love to celebrate with you. Just uh, let us know. Uh, probably send you something. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not gonna send you anything. Just okay. I'm just kidding. I, I might send you something. Uh, but let us know. But what, really, what I was trying to say was, it's good to number your days. You know, sometimes we. We are. We do not have so much gratitude in our spirits because we're not really. We're not really counting. You know, like how how many days it has been since God rescued us from something, right? How many days? Just about was it two or three days ago now? Uh, I, I was in the vehicle, and the it was this bus was just going, and I don't know. The driver was like high on weed or something. Like that, I don't know. And uh, there was this. It was this an express road. It was this like it was this fast road. And he almost ran into a vehicle that was coming at double the speed. And I was like, I, I, it just felt like I was not even present the bus. I felt like I was watching it on TV happening, like, oh my God. Right? And I don't, I, I, to be honest, I'm just, even though that I'm saying it now, I have completely forgotten. Because we don't always know to number our days. The last time God saved you, the last time God came through for you, right? Just the fact that you are still alive right now, but the fact that we, is that we are, we over magnify what we are going through in the moment. That we fail to see what God is doing, right, in the entire story. We fail to see the bigger picture of what God may be doing in the moment, 
right? So right now, I want you to just throw that magnifying lens away right now and just bless God's name for all that he has been doing for you. Father God, we exalt you. God, we glorify you. Holy Spirit, we thank you, Father God, for your good and your mercies endures forever. Thank you, God, for saving our souls. Thank you, God, for keeping our spirits. Thank you, God, for keeping our faith alive. Thank you, God, for even those times when we were confused, you did not allow us to fall into the jaws of depression. Thank you, Father God, for those times we were depressed, God. You pulled us out of everything. We exalt you, God, for providing. Thank you, Father God, for coming through for us, God. We refuse to be concerned or to be uh, to, to be lost in the ocean of worry about where the next will come from. Because we know that you've been providing all that we've had for, uh, to us, God. And so, God, we know that you'll provide the rest for us. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. May your name be praised in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Let's give God a big hand right now. Amen. amen. Glory to God, church. Hallelujah. All right, now, if you're ready for the word, uh, still be upstanding wherever it is you're listening from and open your Bibles with me. Join me in the book of Joshua. Joshua, Joshua. I love the book of Joshua um, because I, I, I resonate or I, I feel like I am a mini Joshua somehow. All right, the book of Joshua, chapter 9. Uh, just join me right now in the book of Joshua chapter 9. And now, y'all, listen to me. We're about to read a, a, lot, of, a lot of verses. So, y'all, just strap. Like, like probably going to be like 45 verses and stuff like that. I'm just kidding. No, just 20-something. Uh, so, y'all, get strapped. Uh, we'll read. I promise to read as fast as I can. Pray that I don't stop and preach a verse before I preach my sermon. Just pray I don't do that. All right, now, verse 1 says this. Joshua chapter 9 and verse 1 says, Now, when all the kings west of the Jordan had about all the stints, the kings in the hill country, the, in the western foothills, and along the east, the entire coast of the Mediterranean Sea, as far as Lebanon, the king of the Etites, Hamorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Evites, and Jebusites, and Celluites, and all the ites. I'm just kidding. They came together to wage war against Joshua and Israel. They came together to wage war against what? Joshua and Israel. And I love this so much. I said I was not going to preach this verse, but listen. I, I love it so much, I promise I'll keep it short. Because it says they came to wage war against two things, two entities, yeah? Against Joshua and Israel. I don't know if you are leading something at the moment. You're leading a family, you're leading a ministry, you're leading something, and you feel like you're under attack. This message is for you. The, the, the enemy doesn't just come to attack. I've said this before. The enemy doesn't just come to attack. It, uh, look at what it says in, in Jeremiah, I believe, or Ezekiel, was it? It says, strike the, she the shepherd and what? The sheep will scatter. So the aim of the enemy, the enemy understands this trick more than you do. And it's in the Bible of God, like God wrote, God breathed the Bible, but he knows it more than you do. And so the enemy is attacking you because he knows the fastest way to get to those that God has called to you is by attacking you first. Amen now. And so the Bible said they came to wage war against who? Joshua and Israel. Verse 3. However, when the people of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, they resorted to a ruse. They went to the delega delegation whose donkeys were loaded with worn-out sacks and old wineskins, cracked and mended. They put one and patched sandals on their feet and wore old coats. All the bread of their food supply was dry and moldy. Verse 6, Then they went to Joshua in the camp of Gilgal and said to him and the, and the Israelites, We have come from a distant country. Make a treaty with us. The Israelites said to the Evites, But perhaps you live near us, so how can we make a treaty with you? We are your servants, they said to Joshua. But Joshua asked, who are you and where do you come from? They answered, Your servants have come from a very distant country because of the fame of the Lord your God, for we have heard reports of him and all that he did in Egypt, and all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, Sion king of Eshbon and Og king of Bashan, who reigned in, Ash in Ashtoroth. Oh, hold on. Jesus Christ. 
and all our, and our elders and all those living in our countries that's us take provisions to your journey go and meet them and say to them we are your servants make a treaty with us this bread of ours was one when we packed it at home on the day we left to come to you but now see how dry and moldy it is and these wine skins that we filled were new but see how cracked they are and our clothes and sandals are worn out by the very long journey the Israelites sampled their provisions but did not inquire of the Lord mm. Then Joshua made a treaty of peace with them to let them leave, and the leaders of the, of the assembly ratified it by oath. Three days after they made the treaty with the Gibeonites, the Israelites heard that they were neighbors living near them. So the Israelites set out on the third day, uh, set out on, on the third day, came to their cities: Gibeon, Kethir, Beeroth, and Kirath Jerim. But the Israelites did not attack them because the leaders of the assembly had sworn an oath to them by the Lord, the God of Israel. The whole assembly grumbled against the leaders. But all the leaders answered, We have given them our oath by the Lord, the God of Israel, and we cannot touch them now, so we are stuck with them. Mm. Now this is what we will do to them. We will let them leave, so that God's wrath will not fall on us for breaking the oath we swore to them. They continued, Let them leave, but let them be woodcutters and water carriers in the service of the whole assembly. So the, Israel, so the leader's promise was, to them was kept. Then Joshua summoned the Gibeonites and said, Why did you deceive us by saying we live, in long, we live a long way from you? Well, actually, you live near to us. You are now under a curse. You will never be released from service as woodcutters and water carriers for the house of my God. They answered Joshua, Your servants were clearly told about how the Lord your God had commanded his servant Moses to give you the whole land and to wipe out all his inhabitants from before you. So we feared for our lives because of you. And that's why we did this. And then they said, We are now in your hands. Do to us whatever seems good and right to you. Do to us whatever seems good and right to you. Now, uh, I just want to, for the sake of uh, uh, emphasis, I want to go back to, the ver to verse 14. And this is where I pull my sermon title from. The Israelites sampled their provisions, but did not make, but did not inquire of the Lord. Verse 15. Then Joshua made a treaty of peace with them to let them leave. And the leaders of the assembly ratified it by oath. And the leaders of the assembly ratified it by oath. And church today, the word that the Lord has placed in my spirit, actually the Lord has been speaking to me all week about this. And I haven't really, to be honest, I haven't really paid I haven't really paid much attention to it. Because it's like mm, I've never really done something like this. I've never really done a part two of his sermon. I've never preached. And and when it's done in this series. But today the word God placed in my heart is this decisions in dry places. Part two, decisions in dry places. Part two. I preached the first one in July 18th, July the 17th. I meant to say 2022 for an anniversary sermon. And the Lord has put this same title on my on my spirit again for today's word. Uh, today's word today is 16th of April 2023. And this is the word God has placed in my heart again. Decisions in dry places. Let's just bow our heads right now wherever we are, so we can honor God's word. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for your word, God. We bless you because this is your word. This is your truth. And your word is truth and it is life, God. Let your word come to do in us what only your word can do. By the power of the Holy Spirit, let hearts be changed and transformed. Let there be deliverance, God, and revelation. And let every life receive the life of Christ right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Breathe through his word, Holy Spirit. Speak your truth the way you want it to go. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God. May your name be praised in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Wherever you are right now, God bless you in Jesus' name.
Amen and amen. Woo! Such a such a brilliant word of God. You know, someone's like someone just probably wondered, whoa, whoa, whoa! All this happened in the Bible. Fam, the Bible is better than I don't know. Nickelodeon. The Bible is better than Mnet Movie Zone. The Bible is better than the latest movie in the box office. It's better than Avatar. Trust me, the three-hour one. Yeah, I know that's sweet. It's good. I've never, I've never seen the entire thing. I saw about, I don't know, up to Alpha VS and I. It's actually great. But the Bible is even better. She will be blown away by some of the weird stuff. I, I intentionally, I'm saying weird with, with complete honor and respect for the Bible. Anyway. But uh, there's some things that are completely weird in the Bible. Yep. Uh, if you want to see complete weird, I want you to go to the book of Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. You would see complete weird. You would see some really nasty things in there. You'd be like, what in the world? Why would God even be thinking about this? Like, why would God be thinking about Hunox not entering into the temple? Like, and then the way it's written in the Bible, it's not like, they didn't write Hunox. They wrote, um, let no man whose hat is, yeah, you know, squashed by a rock, um, into the temple and i'm like fam oh, oh first of all why do we use rocks in doing this um ah god bless your soul um uh, anyway the bible is a very interesting book to be honest it's, it's not just i don't we don't just read the bible as a story we read it because it is life it is spirit and it is life amen the more you go into it the more you are fed the more your spirit receives life because the bible is just that rich amen now if you are depressed read the bible you're happy read the bible Right, there's, ev there's everything. It's like the Bible is like Netflix, just better because then Netflix has every movie for every mood. The Bible has every, it has a book for every mood that you are going through, that you are processing. Right, there's a word for every season of life that you find yourself in, which makes the Bible better than Netflix, Amazon Prime, and all the other primes in the world. That uh, even Optimus Prime, the Bible is better than every other prime. Right, because the Bible is the word of God, the living, breathing inspiration that is inspired by His breath. This is the word of God. Amen. Now. Um, one way to put this entire uh, verse of scripture, the Bible that we just read in Joshua 9, is to ask ourselves the question, what in the world has happened? Right? Uh, we see Joshua making a treaty with a group of people called the Gibeonites. The Gibeonites are uh, part of the nations now that God gave the children of Israel instruction through his servant Moses to wipe out. Amen now. Amen. And it is so funny that, now listen, this is Joshua chapter 9, right? This is just a few weeks, maybe months, or uh, maybe a few years, just after Moses passed. It's not even been that long since Moses passed. And guess what? Joshua blew it. Moses would have never did this thing that Joshua did. This is not even cap. This is for real. Of course, there have been times where Joshua and Moses blew it too. But Moses would have never blown it this way. The Bible called Moses the friend of God. And so Moses would have never blew it the way Joshua blew it. Because think about it. You've only been at this job for how many months and you're already blowing such a big deal? It's such a big deal if you think about it, right? God literally asked that they wipe out every surrounding city. That is every so every neighboring city that's close to that's uh, that's surrounding the land of Canaan, where God has called their promised land. God told them to wipe every person there, because they will give them trouble in the future. And so God said, "Hey, listen now, you're going somewhere. You're going. I'm, I, I've prepared a place for you, right? But I want you to wipe out every person in your circle. 
that would not help you in that place, that would, that would be jealous of you, that would wage war of you in that land that I'm sending you to. Every, every circle of friends or associations that you know or not, or are not for God, I mean, do, they will not do, you what, do for you what God wants to do for you. That is not right for you, that is not healthy for you. God wants you to do away with these things because it's not, just about, it's not just about whether or not they will fight against you, it's that they can poison you. Right? It's the, the negative associations we surround ourselves with have the power to poison even the good seed God has put inside of us. And so the instruction by God was wipe them out so they don't wipe you out. Because God knows the power of association. They say, they say what? What's that uh, quote that's actually from the Bible? This is what? Um, was that uh, uh, something corrupts good manners? Was that bad associ wrong associations corrupt good manners? Why? It, it is a good seed can be corrupted in a wrong place. Right? So it's not, it's not about whether or not you have a right, you have a good mind or good intention. People that surround you, can de they determine whether or not your intention will seem good to people who you want it to be good to or not. Amen now. Amen. In this same way, we just, we, that God, and by, uh, by this same thought, God instructed Moses, told, told the children of Israel, Hey, listen guys, you're going to the land of Canaan now, but I need you to wipe out every person, every nation, surrounding nations. And they have been, to be honest, they have been doing that. And but then I'm like, yo, Joshua, prophet, pastor Joshua. <laughs> it's just been a few years into the job and you already blew it this way. You already blew it this much. You already gave room to one of the nations God actually to wipe out. And I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to uh, pounce on Joshua and just, you know, dismantle him and just like... You know, go hard on him and just, you know, scrutinize him and criticize him and do all these things. But I, a part of me feels like I shouldn't do that because of something that God showed me. You might have missed this and probably you did. But the very first three verses in Joshua 9 says one thing. It says that. Now, I want to show you. Just open your Bible right now. First three verses of Joshua 9. It says this. Now. Not when? Now. When all the kings west of the Jordan heard about these things, the kings in the foothill country, in the western foothills, and along the entire coast of the Mediterranean Sea, as far as Lebanon, the kings of the Etites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Evites, and Jebusites, verse 2, they came together to wage war against Joshua and Israel. Now listen to this. How many kings? I want us to count those, number, those kings. Number one, kings of the Etites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Evites, and the what? Jebusites. That's six kings. That is six nations came to wage war against Israel. And so if we are swift to judge Joshua that he made a bad call, we must understand the level of stress and pressure he was in at the moment. He was literally having to fight six kings. Do, you, do you, does this make sense? Yes, sir. You know, like sometimes we, we hate on people and we accuse people and we just judge people and all that, but we do not really know what they are going through. I'm not saying it excuses their bad behavior or what they do as wrong, whatever. But I'm saying sometimes if you just sit in your shoes for a minute, I don't think you'll be able to you'll be able to handle as much stress. That these guys, are, these guys went through if you were in your shoes. I mean, think about it. You just had a friend call off a meeting and it feels like your entire world turned upside down. 
right? You just had two friends leave you, and now it feels like God is against you. You just had, you just had, okay, you were just, you, you, you planned on going out, and then so, for some reason, everything in your room just, you just started messing everything up, right? You wanted to cook and you burnt the food. That was the, and you believe that's the first sign God is asking me not to take this step. And it's like, God doesn't even care. You increase the heat under your food. You made your food burn and you're not careful. You're not watchful. God did not burn your food. God doesn't waste food to prove signs. Come on now. <laughs> God doesn't like, I want, I, want, I want to send him a sign now. Let me send him a sign so he shouldn't go. I'm going to burn his food. Like what? Are you fooling everybody? Yes, sir. So if we put ourselves in the shoes of Joshua, we understand that he was under so much, the, the duress, the, the stress, the press, the pressure that he was under. Was what limited is even, even his understanding. Because now, remember now, he's fighting, he's waging war with, with people from the land he's moving into. And so the attack is the attack came when the children of Israel have decided to advance towards what God has called them to. So the attack usually comes when there is an advancing. Does it make sense now? The attack, you know, comes when there is advancing. And so the children of Israel are advancing into the land of, 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 that, that God has promised them. And then came the what? Attacking from the people of that place. Because you never expect for the devil to sit docks whenever God, is, whenever God empowers you to move forward. What? Right? The devil, is, it, the only time you would ever find the devil not doing anything is when you are probably not doing what God wants you to do. And so if God, if you are doing something God has called you to do, and you are moving towards it with faith and by faith, Guess what? The devil will attack. It's only natural for the enemy to attack you back. Are you getting me now? Yes, sir. But you see, Joshua was in a crazy place. Was in a dry place. Are you probably wondering, what do you mean dry place, Pastor Manu? You know, I always thought dry places were places where uh, maybe like uh, things were going bad. Now maybe uh, it's just, you know, we're in a bad season right now or, you know, things have been going bad for us, you, you know, like um, I've been feeling depressed for like two years now, so it's only right I keep on watching pornography. I always thought decisions, I always thought dry places were like that. But listen now, listen, now I, this is the craziest part. I always thought dry places were, was, uh, or came to be in the presence of so many lo lo losses and losses and losses and, losses and stuff like that, but no. Because actually, this is Joshua chapter 9 that we just read. A few chapters, just a very few chapters, like three to four chapters before this, Joshua defeated the land of Jericho. You know the story? The walls of Jericho coming down flat. The Bible said the children of God worshipped the Lord. They just blew horns and trucks. They matched around it silently, right? They're practicing Sabbath. And that's what, you know, it is the victory from rest. They did not make any noise. They only marched and they worshiped. They did not lift their swords and walls came down flat. So if God told us that this is our year of rest, he's not saying this is a year where we lose battles. He's saying that this is a year where we fight from a place that no, human minds cannot, cannot quantify. This is a victory that comes from a place from within. That's within. The, that's the temple of the Holy Ghost, that is our spirit man. This is a battle that is already won before we even go into fighting. Wow. Right, do you get it now? So when God declares this year as a year of rest, oh my God. I'm so excited now that I think about it, because it is. I am not just. I am not just. Um. Um. um like it's, it's. It's not like. It's not like this is a year to lose. No. 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 This is a year where we win without even fighting. Wow. This is a year where we win 
right just silence just silence rest don't make noise don't shout don't try to prove to them that you're stronger than them no 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 your god will do that by, by himself all you have to do is just march around the world's jericho seven times quietly and then blow your horns which is a signal of worship just worship the lord and the walls will come down flat and they did which is a huge success but some of us the only reason we are not we've not been experiencing the victory that this year that god has promised us this year is not because god has not been fighting for us but it's because we've been trying to fight for ourselves some battles you cannot win on your own no matter how you try to do it you are under equipped <laughs> you are do you know it is when those times when we try to fight wars on our own that the times when we start to understand we, we it feels like i said early on we hold a magnifying lens of our own weaknesses and limitations all we see is how we are not good enough when moses sent the spies into the land of the same land of canaan and Moses asked them, look at, look, look at their countries. Are, are they walled or not? Right? Look at their soil, the, the topography of the land. Is it good for soil planting? The Bible said that those, the 12 spies went in there. Right? And 10 of them came back with a certain report. And the report was what? They said, look, listen, that place, it, we are like grasshoppers in the eyes of people there. It feeds on us. Right? We are not as strong as they are. And two men stood up and were like, no, oh, let us certainly go up for we are well able to take, the, to take over the land. We are able to, God is able to give us this victory. We are well able, let us go up now. And you know who those two men were? Caleb, you know who the other guy was? Joshua. You know who God used to bring victory over the land of Jericho? Not the other 10 people who were talking trash? No, 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 no. So listen, let me tell you something. I was speaking with a pastor friend um, uh, two days ago, I'll be three days ago right now. Uh, two, three days ago, rather. And we said something, and it was very great. And I want, I want to bring what we said at the table to this place. Listen, after hearing from God, a word from God, the second decision you make will determine if whether or not that word will come to pass. And it's simply, after I hear a word from God, who do I tell? Listen, the association... The association that, you, that you're surrounded with. You, you see, I started this conversation by talking about association, right? This association you surround yourself with will determine whether or not that seed will ever see the light of day. If the first thing you do is tell everybody on Instagram so they can vote, you know, take, you know that, do that polls thing where they vote whether or not you should do it, you're just wasting your time. Because you want, they might just keep, do you know the spirit working within people? Some people have the spirit that it's a spirit of a barren land. Nothing ever grows there. You have to be careful with friends like that. Listen, I was talking, speaking with this pastor friend, I was like, this, I said this. I said, it is always, I said, I, I thank God because he doesn't just give me good friends. He gives me fertile grounds. Because if God gives you friends, oh no, no. If you find friends, God, 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 God doesn't give you bad people. If you find friends, right, but you are not careful enough to check. You might, only have, you might only be planting your seed in barren land. And you're like, well, I always share my ideas. We always think and we always plan. But nothing ever comes out of it. Why? Because you're barren people. And if you do not know this, you keep sharing your ideas with everybody. And keep coming up short every six months. And at the end of every year, when you do a summary of your life, you feel like taking your life. Why? It's like, all the things I ever planned to do, I never, I never got around to do it. It's not because God didn't give you ideas. It's because you didn't have the right people to share it with. And the Bible said, God, God told Moses, I, I, list, I love Joshua and Caleb. Listen to what he said. Because they have a different spirit. Ooh. A different spirit. Meaning there's a spirit that worked within men 
that are so negative, that are faithless. There is, see, whenever you find people who are faithless, run. Run from them. People who do not have the faith enough to believe what you're what you believing in God for. Run. Because they have a contaminating demonic spirit within them. That would contaminate, not just contaminate, it will ruin the seed of the vision God put in you. So if you do not know how to run from them on time, oh, you will be counting your losses at the end of every year. Are you following me now? So God put a, a different spirit within Caleb and Joshua. And with a different spirit, they went and, they, and Joshua led the camp of Israel after the, after the departure of Moses. Joshua led the camp of Israel over to, to, to defeat Jericho. Right? To show you how much of a, of a heart Joshua had, a different spirit. Joshua kept inquiring of the Lord, how do we do this? And God gave Joshua the format, the, the, the format for, for battle, the formation for battle, right? He told, he told Joshua, hey, listen, Joshua, this is how you do it. You're going to march around this wall every day. You would not even see a single thing. The ark of God goes before you. And God gave Joshua the plan. And the last time God told them, the last day, seventh day, when you march seven times, blow the trumpets. And then the walls will come down flat. And they did so. They worshiped God. It was with this, you know, you, you, and, and you see the, the, part, the place of worship is, now I, I guess some of the, I know it feels like I've just gone off, off road, but just li listen to me, right? I'm guessing like while the, while the men were, while the men were, were marching around through the, the, the walls of Jericho, some of them were probably thinking, ain't this crazy? This has, this makes no sense. I don't know where, I don't know the university our leader Joshua went to, but I don't think he has anything. I, I don't think he has a degree in war strategy because this is not giving war strategy because he's, he's not planning bombs he's not planning to make tnts he's not making guns we're not popping it we're not popping we're not showing off we don't do any of that any of that stuff all we're doing now is marching around tall walls wondering when they would fall and so i guess some people are doubting there i just hope god doesn't blow our blow our butts in the wind like oh my god and everybody's thinking that but nobody's saying it but you see that's the power that is the power, right? It was not like God did not know they had doubts within them. It was that God did not care because they were still obedient. Mm. Some of you are thinking, oh, God is not answering my prayer because I have doubts. No, 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 no. Some of you, God is not answering your prayer because you do not obey. <laughs> if, if, obedience, it's obedience that matters. God is not looking at it. God is not going through the minds of all of the men of Israel wondering whether or not they, are believe, they believe that he will still do something. Because I believe a part of it was to, part, God knows that they will be frustrated at some point. But you see, they still obeyed regardless. It is obedience that God is really checking for. If you have doubts but you, are still, but you still obey, God loves that. Because you move despite your doubts. Faith is not the absence of doubt. Faith is moving despite doubt. Faith is not the absence of fear. Faith is moving despite your fears. It is not whether or not we feel these things. It's whether or not we allow these things stop us from doing that thing that God has called us to do. Mm. Mm. Amen now. Amen. And now, children of Israel worshipped by blowing horns and trumpets when they were victorious over Jordan. Because remember now, Joshua sought the, the Lord's face like, like a child seeking his mother every morning. He sought the Lord's face so much. But you see, they had a great success. They won. But their success put the children of Israel in a dry place. Because now, the news of their success did not see. Sometimes we assume that when we had a great day, we should, God should give us a break. 
God, I had this great, amazing day. I was able to do that thing when I thought, that I thought I was never going to be able to do. I would expect to just go on a break immediately. But no, 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 no. The ripple effect of your obedience gets to hell as well. Sheesh. Are you following me, everybody? Yes, sir, yes. The ripple effect of your obedience gets to the gates of hell as well. And Bible says that they heard, they had not even seen, they heard all that the Lord had been doing for the people of Israel. And these six kings gathered up to fight Joshua and Israel. Whew. Talk about, talk about, talk about a success, successful moment, right? Because successful people also have drive moments. Right? You've all, you thought that money would solve all your problems. I mean... Money answers all things, but money doesn't give solution all the time. People that are so, that, why do you think successful people commit suicide? I don't. Are, are, are they not successful? They have the money. They have the awards. Imagine successful comedians who are successfully made people laugh all their lives, taking their life out of depression. Oh my God! So success has its own dry places too. Are you following me now? Because the, it's like this, think about it. If I won a big, uh, a battle last year, an amazing, a great battle that I never thought I was going to be able to win, do you think all the battles I'll be facing afterwards will be little battles? No, 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 no. Because the moment I defeated Goliath that I thought was big, yeah. guess what? There is Saul coming afterwards. And Saul is bigger than Goliath because he has bigger impact than Goliath does. Goliath is an enemy from afar, from afar. But Saul is supposed to be a father over the land of Israel. Does it make any sense, everybody? Yes, sir, it does. And so for every new level, they say, there's a new devil. Are you, are you following me, everybody? Yes, And sir. so you see, after a huge season of success, Israel plunged into a season of dryness. And I'm not even, I'm not just referring to, like, uh, physical dryness of famine and stuff like that. There's space for that. We did it last year. If you're not listening to part one of this ser- of this uh, sermon, go listen to it. It was it was literally of Israel in Bethlehem, the house of bread, and they were without bread. They were it, there was famine in the land of bread. Imagine that. And and and, and Ruth, sorry, Naomi and her husband had to and their two sons had to leave this Melon and Kilion. They had to leave the land of Bethlehem and go to the land of Moab, an enemy territory, to, to, to fit in that season. Because that's what, sometimes that's what, that's what pressure makes us do, right? Sometimes the pressure that we face makes us take loans from the enemy. <laughs> it was one of the things that I got, that was always whispering to my spirit this year, and I never got to explain it. I, put, I, posted, I, I just tweeted it, I tweeted it, I think in January. I said, this year, don't take loans from the enemy. People didn't understand what it meant. It's sometimes... Because I, I said, it, I said, I began that sermon last year like this. I said, the position we are in influences the decisions we make, yes. and the decisions we make influences the position that we continue to be in. Yes. Right? And so it was the position that they were that influenced the decision that they took, that is to go to the land of Moab. But listen to this: it was actually the disobedience of the children of Israel that made there be famine to begin with. And so it was the decisions that they made that influenced the position that they found themselves in. You make, does, 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 do you guys understand what I'm saying? Yes, and so, they found themselves in enemy territory. When really, they sh- all they, they sh- Israel ne- really needed to do was repent and turn to God. But they didn't. And instead, they took loans from the enemy. And guess what? The enemy has loan shack. 
they are worse than, than what's that one than Pompeii. They are worse than any of these current loan sharks that y'all be making jokes about on, on the internet. The enemy's loan shark takes, takes, and it takes. It took, it took million, it took Killian. That is the two sons that, that Naomi had in her life. Not only that, it took her husband. So she went, she went in search of bread, but she went with something. She went with her family. But guess what? By the time she returned back to the land of Bethlehem, she came empty. And that reminds me of the, the story of the prodigal son who left rich, seeking after riches, seeking after better. But anything outside God would only satisfy you for a while. After that, you discover that it has been taken from you all along. It took everything that the prodigal son had, including his worth. The Bible said that the prodigal son started envying the slops that the pigs ate. Imagine the son of a rich, wealthy man desiring for the food of pigs. Come back to part two, decisions in dry places. Now the children of Israel are in a place that is also dry because they, are, they have been going through it. How many of you have been going through it as well? It feels like you have lost touch with the spirit of God within you that directs you even. You, have, you are going through so much. You know one of the hardest things for me whenever I'm going through stuff is to hear from God, honestly. Because my mind is just plunged in the toilet cold worry. I am just like, my mind is gone. I am worrying. I am thinking. I am bothered. It feels like, it feel, it, I feel dry and empty. I feel weaker than I do on a normal day. I eat more, to be honest, I, this, is, this is gonna be funny. I eat more. And, it, and sometimes, of course, it's because I'm hungry. Sometimes it's just because I'm hungry deep inside. It's not the hunger is just my stomach being filled. It's my spirit needs to be filled with the word of God because I'm searching for a word from God. I, I need a word from God. I need something because I'm going through a lot. It feels like the enemy is not stopping. The enemy is fighting because indeed the enemy is not stopping. He is fighting. And it feels like I just need a word from God in the moment. But because of that, I'm not hearing anything. Sometimes I feel dry. You're listening to me right now, but you've been taking, you've been sighing all week. You know it. You've been breathing, you breathe every 24 hours, but you are sighing even more these days. Because you know it feels like it feels like deep down you're dry. You need oxygen, but you know it's not just it's not just breath that you need. You need the Holy Spirit to just breathe into you. It feels like you're in a dry place. And the land of Israel, the children of Israel, Joshua and the camp of Israel were in the same place that felt dry. Because I know you've been waiting. I know you have some things that you look back on, you're like, well, God showed up for me in this area. I'm happy that God did. But you see, it's not just about whether or not God showed up. It's is this dude showing up? Now, would he still show up now for me? He showed up when I was only facing one nation, but now I'm faced with six. Where's your face, oh Lord? And don't think, don't think he makes you a rebel when you say pray prayers like that. Jesus faced, you know, accusations from the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The people, people mocked Jesus. They, they talk nonsense about you, they spread an evil report about Jesus. But you see, Jesus at no point, no point did Jesus ever feel, did Jesus ever feel like he was rejected by God until he was on the cross. 
Bible said Jesus said, Hello, hello, Lamas Bakhtinai. My father, my father, my God, my God, rather. Why have you forsaken me? Even the son of the living God, who is God himself, felt forsaken. Felt like he was in a dry place. And do you know the last thing Christ asked for when he was on the cross? Water. He said, I am thirsty. Because even Jesus, the savior of the entire world, found himself in a dry place as well. And now I know that you're also facing your own dry place. And now this is why, I, I don't know, I spent like an half, like half an hour just talking about this and I've not even talked about my resentment point, the decision itself. Because now I'm, I'm asking myself, why did the children of Israel, why did Joshua buy into the lie of the Gibeonites? Why did they buy into the lie? It is, this is the first time ever that I'm seeing children of Israel buying into a lie. Are you following me now? Why did they buy into the lie, you'd ask? Why? And I'm just thinking about it. It's because they have been taking hits. They have been working. Oh, they have been fighting. You know, I told you a couple weeks ago that I love the, my favorite Broadway show of all time. Uh, my entire life is Hamilton. And just like Hamilton, the story, right? If you've never seen it, I, I'm sorry. I just hope you'll be able to understand this reference. But it's like Hamilton, they've been working non-stop. They've been working hard. That at some point, they became numb in their senses of God. They, become, they became what? They became numb in their ability to sense God, to seek God, to find God. Because listen, I used to think dry places meant God was not there. But listen, listen to me. As God spoke to me this morning and I was in the bathroom and said this. Dry places are not necessarily the absence of God, but the neglect of Him. Mm. Dry places are not always because God is not here. Often it's because we left God. Oh. I said back in, that's why I referenced my, the first right decision in the right place that I preached last year. The fact that there was no bread was not because God was not with the children of Israel. He would not leave them, nor forsake them. They forsook Him. But we often think that it, I'm in this dry season because God left me. No, maybe you left God. Maybe you turned from God. Maybe because you've been having so many yeses of light. Maybe because you've been having so many things go great for you. Maybe because you've been having so many things go well for you. You kind of like blocked your senses. And now you're no longer doing the things that you used to do. Are you following me now? Yes, sir. Yes. Because now it feels like you are fatigued. You know, there's a thing called faith fatigue. And do you know, I always thought faith fatigue was always, always came in times when, or always comes in times when uh, things are going bad. But you know, faith fatigue also comes when everything is going too good. When everything is going so perfect. It numbs our senses of God. Because why do I need to seek, for, seek God's face? Or seek God concerning a decision? When every other thing I've been seeking for was always a yes, 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 yes. It feels, well, I've been open to, I've, I've been experiencing so many open doors. That it feels like there's no even need to seek God concerning anyone anymore. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. I've been going through, everything's been going great for me. 
do I even need to ask God? It's, it's, not, it's not like we don't ask, but sometimes it's like we ask passively. We're not asking to hear anything. We're just asking so it's in the record that we ask at least. And we're going doing what we've gone to ask, but without even asking, receiving permission or an answer. Because the Bible said that Joshua did not seek, verse 14. He didn't seek God's face concerning the decision. He had fatigue. Because fatigue is one dangerous place to be. When you experience fatigue, it's just, you, you, you just don't believe like you used to anymore. You don't do the things you used to, you get comfortable. You know, it's like when God answers all your prayers, you don't even you don't need, you don't pray to Him to enlarge your coast anymore. Yeah. Because it feels like it feels like we have arrived, right? We are at the pinnacle of everything we ever dreamt of, but you still got breath in your lungs when God is not done with you. But you forget. You get so comfortable because you're racking in numbers, and you're raking in numbers, you're you're raking in cash or whatever it is. You're doing great. Everybody knows you. You put out a new song last week, and you have people singing for you and screaming, the long calling your name, hey, Harris, hey, and everybody's doing all that, and you feel so great about it. But here's the thing, you do not know that you're not growing anymore. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. I, I, I just remember the conversation I had with this, with this young man. I can't remember how many years this was, ago this was. Uh, we're talking about something, and I was, you know, a web developer, and uh, we, we met at this event, and then he was speaking to me one night. He said, he said, listen, he said, he said, it's an app developer, he was an app developer. He was into developing apps and all these things. And then he told me this, he said, you know, back then he and his friends were making money over like 200 bands and they were just, they were, they were wealthy, they were enjoying it. But he said to me, he said, listen, you know the, pro- you know the problem that we had? He said, we're not growing anymore. Because we're not feeling challenged to grow. Because we're so comfortable, we're getting money at least. We're successful, he said. And told me, he said, listen, don't ever do it for the money. He told me that. He said, don't ever do it for the money. Who? Don't ever do it for the money. Because, you know, riches and material things have their own way of just shutting off our senses to God. And somehow we don't do it, we don't do it concretely. When Paul said, flee every form of idolatry, he knows what he was talking about. Because we always think it means bowing our heads to a, a god or a shrine. No, 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 no. Sometimes idolatry is thinking, or idolatry is replacing God with another object or flow. That is, we think just because the flow from these places are constant, that they have now they have become my source, when really they are only resources God has opened unto me. And so somehow I do not need to seek God anymore about things because I feel like I have a stable source somewhere that is not God. Do you get it, everybody? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And so in Israel are in a dry place. They don't believe like they used to. They don't do the things they used to. They don't feel motivated to serve like they used to. You, you, you are feeling the same thing too. You don't, you don't feel the passion like you used to. The desire is, is when the things you used to do that you will make you feel very happy. Well, you are not doing these things to please God, but you are doing these things because you are pleased with God. Now you are not doing any of these things anymore. Now you feel like your faith is just It's fleeting as the breath that comes through your nostrils every two seconds. It's going the same way it's coming. And now you've been making decisions. You have been making decisions in dry places. And the decision is just 
Do you know, I think it was Tuesday this week, I don't know which day, but I literally was having this train of thought going through my mind. I wasn't thinking about it before, it just came. I guess the only thing was just speaking to me that morning. And it was that, do you know that sometimes when we don't do the things we used to do, you might not know this, but some of us, we, 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 we rebel against God. We are trying to get God's attention. We're trying to get God to, like, like, it's like, maybe, maybe for example, I was supposed to pray and fast today. But you know what? I just wake up and I'm like, I'm not doing any of that. I'm just going to watch movies and eat. Hope, and, we, 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 and now my question, I, I always feel like asking myself whenever I do that, why am I doing this? What point am I trying to prove? I'm only affecting myself by not doing this. I'm not changing God. But to the matter is, it is not that I do not know these things. It's just a part of me wishes God would just understand that this boy is going through a lot. Let me step in on time. Let me answer this boy's prayer on time so he doesn't, so he doesn't leave, so he doesn't backslide. And I'm, to the matter is, God doesn't care. <laughs> You're rebelling. If, if you want to talk things with God, talk to God directly. Don't give God an attitude, you know, acting like a woman and you're a man, 45-year-old man, and you're acting like a woman, you give God an attitude. All of a sudden, you don't want to talk to God anymore. You're walking like you don't see God and you know that he's very much in the room right now. You, heard, you felt the Holy Spirit pull your heart right now to pray, but you, you didn't pray. Instead, you went in and continued watching the movie. Why? It's not because you don't think God is present. Like I said, dry places don't always, they don't necessarily mean God is absent. Sometimes it just means that we neglect God. We neglect God. And now we are making decisions that we shouldn't be making. And now it is costing us. Because listen to this. That simple decision the children of Israel took, that decision they made to accept the children of the Gibeonites without taking God's face, it was the beginning of a defeat due to infiltration. Write it down. Defeat due to infiltration. Again, defeat due to infiltration. One more time, everybody. Defeat due to infiltration. Because listen to this now, my time is wrapping already at this point. Listen, the children of Israel, after this, because remember, the instruction was wipe out every nation surrounding Canaanite, including the Canaanites, wipe out every one of them. Because if you wipe them out, you will not become like them. Right? They will not infiltrate you. They will not, you know, poison you, like I said earlier on. But you see, because they were dead towards one country, guess what? Till Joshua and Caleb died, they were unable to fully wipe out all the enemy nations. Wow. Are you following me now? Yes, sir. They were unable to do it and at some point God said there is still so much land left for you to conquer but God said that at the end towards the end of Joshua's life tell Joshua hey Joshua there is still so much that you could do there's still there's still so many enemies there's still so much you could do but you see I listen everybody Sir? they couldn't but at some point in their lives, they had made a deal with the enemy. 
And listen to me, listen to me, everybody. It is, um, due to this infiltration that had that gotten into Israel's head now and their heart, the one thing God told the Israelites that is to chase, to do, that is to chase all the inhabitants of, of, Canaan, of Canaan out and to wipe out all the neighboring nations. Bible said that, you know, you know it's funny, God told the Israel of Israel, if they are from a far distant nation, oh, pity them and make, you know, make them your slaves. But if they are a neighboring nation, wipe them out. Because they will, be, they will pose troubles to you in the future. Right? But because they, because they were unable to do this one thing, guess what? Then, because of this thing that they did, they could not, that, that could not be done, right? Then their conscience, their consciousness, their confidence, their discernment, their discretion became weak. Are you following me, everybody? Their discernment, they lost it. Their confidence dissipated. Because think about it. You know, the enemy has his own way of pushing shame into our necks and guilt. Because think about it, right? Imagine they are trying to wipe out the, the, the other neighboring countries. And then the thought just comes to them. Well, the devil comes to them and speaks to them. Well, you're supposed to wipe out every nation. But look at how weak you are. Look, you cannot even wipe out this little nation. And by the way, listen to this. Now, this is so crazy, right? The Gibeonites. Joshua chapter 10 verse 2 says that the Gibeonites... The, Gibeon, the land of Gibeon was a mighty nation, and the men of Gibeon were mighty as well. And so, it's the, the voices of shame that starts to play in their minds. It's like, well, you could not handle that thing in the past. How do you, how, what tells you you'll be able to handle this one now? And now you compromise. The, now there's compromise, and why do you compromise? It's simply because your confidence is not as strong as it was. Your conviction has... has has been belittled by the error you made in your past and now you do not feel like you are strong enough to correct your children because it feels like the error you're trying to correct them off is the same one that brought them here to begin with Ooh. Ooh. you're trying to tell kids children don't do this you know I, I this, this is a very this is a very funny thing right when my dad and i had this conversation uh, some uh, years ago, this is actually very long. And we had we had this conversation with we were in his car, and I asked him, "When you were my age, what did you do?" And I tell you, brothers and sisters, my my dad was unable to answer this. Now listen to this. Years later, my mom. This is I'm not even going to go into. Food. Okay, no, no, no. My, my <laughs> this is actually very funny. It kind of like came out that I was addicted to pornography. My family, uh, members of my family knew. I, I don't feel proud about it. So I think my mom told my dad, because my dad is the only one who can, you know, man-to-man conversation, tell me, talk about, you know, have the talk with me. And I remember having, sitting on our dining table at home, and my dad turned to me, I was like, I heard of everything you've been doing. And I'm like, uh, what did you hear? I said, everything you've been doing. I said, what is everything that I've been doing? He said, you know what I'm talking about? I said, no, I don't, want, I don't know what you're talking about. He said, did you know that I know what you're talking about? He said, I'm like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Tell me what it is. My dad said, hmm. So you're not going to talk, you know, you're not, you're, not, you're not going to say the truth? I said, I don't even know what you're talking about. I knew, what he, I knew very well what you were talking about, but I, was, I wanted him to say it. A part of me desired that my dad would just talk to me and say, hey, listen, son, I understand you're addicted, you're addicted, you're suffering, struggling with pornography. Guess what? I did too. I suffered with the same thing, but my dad couldn't. 
because the voice of shame limits even your confidence. Now the way you would handle sin, you no longer can do it because you feel like, because you're hearing that voice of shame breathing down your neck telling you that, have you not, have you not done the same thing? You're, you want to be hard on sin and tell people, listen, immorality is a sin. And that voice tells you, oh, is it because you're, you're a virgin? <laughs> well, you're a virgin, but you know you're impure. You try to be hard on sin. You try to tell your friends around you that, hey, listen, guys, God, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. We're not supposed to do this and that with our body. We're not supposed to, you know, have sex outside of covenant. And you wish you could tell your friends this, but as much as you want to do it, you hear that voice tell, telling you, do you know your body count? And as much as you desire to do the thing that God has called you to do, the shame of your past somehow has left you dry, has left you limping now. And now you're not even bold around the things. <laughs> you're not even bold to take the land God has called you to take. And now you're managing somewhere when God has called the entire land yours. Are you following everybody? Yes, sir. Decisions in dry places. Man, this, this is actually very deep, right? I, I, I feel in my spirit. Whew, and, and yeah, man, you just need to breathe for a minute, like. You mess, you, 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 a part of you feels like you messed up. And so a part of you do not even feel like you belong, you belong in the presence of God. Because no matter how much you want to lift your hands, something in you tells you you're not even, why would you lift your hands? Put them in his hand. Look around, look around you people who are lifting their hands. Look at the pastor's hands are lifted. He's holy. Look at that person, their hands are lifted. They are pure. But look at you. You don't even feel confident anymore. You can't even do the things, you can't even really tell the word that you're a child of God because <laughs> how? Because you're afraid people will look at you and like, fam, you're, 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 you can, you're everything but that. Come on now, don't play, don't play us like that. We, we know each other, come on man. You're my homie from back in the day. We used to do that thing together. We used to go to club together. We used to smoke together. We used to, you know, hook up together. We used to, we used to do them girls together. We used to watch porn together. We used to smoke together. We used to do it together. So don't tell me now you're, you're different. And now it feels like you don't even have, what, what uh, your rapper would say, you do not have mouth. That is, you do not have the liver. You do not have the chest to stand for what is true anymore. Not because you're not doing what is true, but because you made a mistake around the truth and the past. And now you do not feel confident even around your convictions anymore. Hey, listen to me. Listen to me. Whew. You're in a dry place right now. And I can feel it. You've been going through a lot. Listen, in the entire chapter, this is one thing I find to be very interesting, is that in that entire chapter, there is no place where God spoke to rebuke Joshua. But a part of you feels like God rebukes you for the bad move you made. A part of you doesn't even feel confident around God anymore. You feel God is looking at you the same way you look at yourself. But listen, God did not open his mouth to say one thing to Joshua concerning this event. Not because God was not aware of what was going on, but because God understood why it happened. Listen, 
you are stuck in that cycle of shame but God does not even see that anymore you are stuck and you see yourself as that person but God doesn't anymore you have to understand where God stands doesn't mean the decision was right but it's a thing called redemption guys because I want you I want to intimate you with the with the power of redemption of God because listen listen the only time listen to this is great this is crazy right the only time ever that God spoke concerning the Gibeonites do you know what it was it was actually in the book of 2nd Samuel we wouldn't really I just want to tell you what happened there the book of 2nd Samuel chapter 21 Saul killed the Gibeonites after the children of Israel in, in Joshua 9 had made an oath to never kill them Saul went on and killed the Gibeonites and he broke an oath and if you know anything God is the God of covenants God is the God of covenants and because he broke an oath he, he broke the oath in the time of David Bible said the angel of the Lord went and started killing and the Lord went and started killing people in the land of Israel because Saul broke the covenant that Joshua had established with the Gibeonites. Not just that, not just that. I want, you to I want you to understand the power of redemption, the power of redemption, the power of redemption. Even in the book of Samuel, uh, sorry, 1 Corinthians, uh, Cor sorry, sorry, 1 Corinthians 16, verse uh, uh, 39 to 40, and even 20, chapter 21 uh, and verse 29, if you read those verses, you would find the same word, Gibeon, in it. Because Gibeon then later becomes a priestly city. It was a place where the Ark of Covenant stayed often in the time of David and even Solomon. The Ark of Covenant now stayed in the city of this people that was in the history of in the history of Israel a mistake. I get it me now. God made something like something you would call a miracle out of what the Israelites would have called a mistake. They made a mistake with by allowing the Gibeonites, by making an oath for the Gibeonites. You made a mistake by entering that relationship. You made you blew things, you know it, and you hate yourself every day that you remember that this is who I used to be. But guess what? God did with the Gibeonites. God made something out of the Gibeonites. The land of Gibeon was the place where the Ark of Covenant, and that's which carried the presence of God. It was a book that signified the presence of God. God made that city. A place where he where he made his abode. Not only that, not only that. Even when God met Solomon, First Kings chapter three, verse forty-five, get verse four to five. Do you know where God met Solomon? In the land of Gibeon. That's when Solomon said, "Hey God." When God asked Solomon, "What do you want?" and Solomon said, "Give me wisdom, knowledge, and understanding." The story, the, pr the prayer we all pray till date. It was in the land of Gibeon that God met Solomon. God will meet you in the place of your mistake. God will give you answers. You have no idea. Listen, God can turn a mistake into a miracle. And guess what? This is what I've been saying for the past about like four weeks now. I said what we call human calculations are often divine, divine. Uh, so what we call human errors rather are often divine calculations. What you think is the is your biggest mistake can just be your break, your greatest miracles. What you think is your biggest bad deed, God can make into your biggest breakthrough. If you would only understand that God wants to redeem your, your errors. The Bible says, 
in the book of Isaiah 45, 43 rather, says, out of parched grounds, you would make new life. You would make water, living water, come out of dry places. The places of your errors and mistakes, God has the power to redeem. Not just that, listen to this. Even in the book of Nehemiah, after the children of Israel returned back, returned back to Jerusalem to rebuild, rebuild the walls of Jerusalem after they had been in slavery in the land of Babylon for 70 years. Guess the people who helped the children of Israel rebuild the walls of Jerusalem with Nehemiah, the Gibeonites. God did not say one word to the land of Israel, to Joshua, when they were making this mistake. Not because they were not making a mistake, but listen, because of this, at some point, they were going to make even bigger mistakes. And God would use the mistake of yesterday to be their miracle in that tomorrow. I know you're stuck in that circle of shame, being your feet, everybody. You're stuck worrying. You're stuck wondering. You're, you're, you're hating yourself. You're filled with regrets. Why have I made this mistake? Oh, I should have known better. I should have known better than say yes to that fool. I should have known yet better than going to that thing without seeking God's face. And now you're, you're filling your head with regret. You're filling your head with regret. And you're wondering, can I ever get to the point where I was? Listen, you cannot get to the point where you were if you, if you are stuck wondering and, and stuck worrying about the mistake that you made in the past. Listen, listen, listen. God is present right now. Turn back to him and he will redeem you. Turn back to him and he will redeem you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. For every person in a dry place right now, I just want you to lift your hand right now. You feel like you're in a dry place. You have been worrying more than you have been worshiping. That's a dry place. You've been having, you've been taking more deep sighs rather than, rather than, rather than letting your breath worship God. You know, you've been letting your breath call to God. You, you've been letting your breath call to your soul, call, call to, call, call your soul forward. I meant to say, and you've been feeling downcast. You've been feeling rejected by God. You've been feeling like, does God not know? Can God not see? Does God not hear? Listen, Bible said that God heard the groanings of his children and he knew it was time to act. Listen to me, God knows what to do with your flaws. God knows how to redeem your errors. God knows how to turn your mistakes into a miracle. And Bible says unto him who is able to keep us from stumbling, to keep us from falling, to present us without blemish, without stain, to turn our errors into new beginnings, turn our dead ends into new doors, turn our mistakes into miracles. To the God who is able to do all things, who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask, think or imagine. To the God who is able to redeem us, who is able to bring new life out of dead places, the God who is able to bring beauty out of ashes, the God who is able to bring, to bring a, a new life out of what seemed to be a destroyed end, the God who is able to bring a spin-off 
out of an ended and out of an end. He's able to do something new with something that man projected. Or for the God who was able, who was able to pick Gideon out, Bible said Gideon said, "I am the runt of the litter. My my clan, we are the least clan in the, in the clan. We are the least in the clan of Manasseh. Manasseh, Manasseh. He, he, for God who was able to do something big out of something so small. God who was able to redeem mistakes. God was able to turn what was into what has always been. To that God we call today. God, we've made mistakes that we're not proud of. We've done things, God, in dry places. We, we have entertained, we've, we've made conclusions in, wrong, in, in dry places. We have, we've made errors in dry places, God, and we just, we just need you, Holy Spirit, in your mercy to intervene. We have doubted you in our dry places, Holy Spirit. We've accepted that label in our dry places. We've sent the right people away in our dry places. We've turned on our backs on you in our dry places. Father God, we come to you, the only one who is able to redeem us and keep us from falling. God, you are, you are the one who could make Aaron's staff bud. Aaron's staff is a dead wood, but you, make it, you made it bud overnight. That is, you brought new life out of something that was dead. God, you are the only one who is able to redeem us so Holy Spirit God, we cast the burden of our past, our flaws, our errors, our mistakes, our worries onto you, God. And we ask God that you would redeem us, God. Amen. That you would bring something new out of something old. That you would give us new wine in a new wineskin. God, we ask you to do this, Holy Spirit, because we cannot do it for ourselves. Father God, I ask Holy Spirit for every person that is just going through the the, 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 the the loss that has that comes from a wrong decision a bad place a dry place holy spirit i'm praying father god that you will just whisper to their ears right now and tell them that i am still in love with you i see your flaws but i still love you the same i am the same god i don't change and that is why nothing freaks me nothing turns me away I am in love with you. I, I. Bible says love takes no, take, does not take into account wrongs, wrongdoings. I'm not recording all your wrong against you to punish you with them. Oh, Bible says the people, my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray. It says I will and seek my face. I will turn my face to them. I'll forgive them of their sins and I will heal their land. God can heal your dry land and make it a place where living waters come forth. All you really need to do is turn to Him. Turn your eyes unto Jesus. Look full in His beautiful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. So right now, if you're in need of God's grace right now, Father God, I pray for everyone who is in need of your grace right now, God, that they will receive a grace, God, that is that, is, that superabounds over our sins, God. That they will receive this new grace, God, that trumps sin. That they will receive this new grace, God, that kills sin, God. This grace that puts a stone against that tomb of their past, God. This grace that causes the roses to bud out of dry places, dry steps. That will cause a new person to stem from an old creation, God. That would cause something new to break forth out of something old. Father God, I pray, Father God, that you redeem us, God from the places of our mistakes, Holy Spirit, that you would turn our mistakes into miracles, Holy Spirit.
This is our prayer, Father God, that even in our dry places, God, that your grace will just spring forth in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God. May your name be praised. Hey, listen, if if you're here today, you're listening, and you've not made the decision, the one critical decision, to put your life into God's hands, now we do it. Now is the time to do it. Now is our whole salvation. I kind of think I want you to shoot your hand up. We don't have much time. So I want you to decide right now that the first decision you're going to take in returning back to God is to say yes to Him. So if you're here right now, you need to say yes to Jesus because you've turned your eyes away. You've looked at stuff. You've been, you've been stuck in what is going on. You've been going through stuff. So you've been making bad calls. Right now is the time to turn your eyes upon Jesus and look beautifully. Look at this beautiful face. Listen, if you're that person, kind of there, I want you to shoot your hand up. One, this is the decision. This is the best decision you ever make. Two, I've made decision, and this decision is what has taken me. Like I said, I was addicted to pornography, but God has been using this. God has redeemed me from my past, and I can stand here today and preach a sermon of salvation and grace because God has been gracious to me, and He has saved me from my multiple sins. And it does not mean I am perfect, but it means that I am a work in progress. I make mistakes from time to time, but God's grace redeems me at every bend. I, 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 every time I derail from the path, His grace, His grace puts me back on. Every time I look away from Him, His grace calls my attention back, back to Him. This is the grace I'm talking about. This grace is made available to you right now. So the kind of three, if you're that person, I want you to shoot your hand up. One, two, three. Come on now. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for every person that I just made the conscious decision to turn their face back to you. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Listen, if you have just raised your hand, God loves you, God sees you, I might not, but God does. Listen, we're gonna pray a prayer together now. And at the end of this prayer, listen, you are a new creation. And God is, and God begins his work of redemption the moment you say this prayer with me. The moment you say this prayer with me, the Bible says that if you believe that, 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 that uh, that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved, right? In our, in our hearts we believe and with our mouths we confess unto salvation. And we're about to be confessed, you're about to, to, be, to be saved today from all your mistakes. You've tried it for so long, how has it got, where has it gotten you? Now is the day we surrender our lives into God's hands. So right now, church, and be, for, the faith of, uh, for, the, for the benefit of uh, the faith of those who are coming to Jesus right now, we say this prayer together, wherever we are right now. If you're with someone, just, if you're someone who just said yes to Jesus, I want you to put your, your hand on their shoulder. If you're, if you're, if you're not with anybody, just lift your hand right now, like you're pointing your hand to the sky, because somehow we are, though we are in a church in many locations and many places at the same time, we are connecting with one heart. So right now, church, we say this prayer together. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for your love and your life. I thank you for I do not deserve it. I could not work for it. I could not earn it on any skill. So today, God, I say yes to grace. I say yes to grace. I say yes to forgiveness. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your blood, the mark of redemption. Redeem me, make me new. And from now henceforth, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. For by his death and his resurrection on the cross and from the grave, it has availed to me the position of the righteousness of God in Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Come on, give it a big hand right now. Amen, amen. 
you have just made the best decision of your life and this decision will turn your dry place into if uh what's it called a uh you turn your desert place into something that you that you would find delighting not, not not like your desert is still there like god will change your desert into like a forest of beauty in the name of jesus christ amen now listen if you just made a decision, we want to connect with you. I want to connect with you. I want to celebrate with you. Heaven is celebrating with you right now, in case you don't know about it. Heaven is celebrating, and I am celebrating with you right now. And I'm so happy there's a smile on my face right now. If you just made that decision right now, I want you to send me a text. Text me on WhatsApp. Send me a DM on WhatsApp right now. I'm going to respond to you. Uh, send me a DM. Just uh, just type this number down in your notepad or whatever. Or just write it down. It's 090 or plus 23490. Uh, 234 374 Amen. But after that came the land that flows with milk and honey. God has prepared a place for you. And we will not stop until we get there. Amen. Say with me, I will not die in the desert. I will not die in this dry place. And listen, do not, do not be the fool who says things like, Well, I've done so much, God can't save me now. Listen, you are a fool to think that. If you still got breath in your lungs, God would save you a billion times over. Right? Because he still has a place that flows with milk and honey. The children, of Israel's, the children of Israel's ability to step into the land of the land of promise was not because they were perfect. It was because God was faithful. Alright, so if you're a fool and you're thinking it is by your works, then you will never receive grace. Because Ephesians 2 verse 8 tells me that it is by grace that we are saved through faith, not by works lest any man should boast. We're not going to boast because we, we do not deserve it. We cannot work for it. We said in the prayer. And God's grace has made it available to us through His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Listen, guys, I love you from the bottom of my heart. And I pray that as you go this week, that God's shalom, health, wholeness, security, and peace goes with you now and forever. And be thou help me, enlighten. God, stay tuned for more further instructions. God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.